Welcome back to That's So Second Millennium in the new year of 2019, uh, episode 41. So this is our episode where we talk about uh, some of the paths we'd like to take in this coming year. So we've had, uh, we started at the beginning of April, so we've had nine months of the podcast, 40 episodes, 40 regular episodes, and 10 bonus episodes, in fact. I think uh, when I, the last time I checked the website, we had 50 episodes. So today, Bill and I have been having uh, a lot of conversations this week about where we want to go with the podcast in the new year, and so we're going to try to work our way through those and, and sort of give a prospectus for where we're going to try to go. We're going to uh, maintain contact with the themes that we've talked about in the old year, and especially so those, you know, a lot of those circle around the physical sciences, physics and geology, and whether you can reasonably... Uh, adhere to a religious Christian Catholic faith while while maintaining confidence in the truths that uh, science is revealing to us. But in the new year, we'd like to go and branch out a little bit differently, some places where faith and science aren't necessarily perceived as in conflict, and in fact, some places where we hope we can see some uh, synergy between faith and science. Right. And I think it does make good sense uh, because... Uh, while that uh, sense of uh, uh, contention and potential conflict can be uh, very attractive to folks who want to enter into the discussion. I also like the idea of pinpointing areas of convergence, especially as those areas touch on, you know, uh, matters of uh, personal everyday reality and challenges that people face in understanding reality. They're going to that, that they're going to benefit, I think, just as we will, from that effort to to uh, take this slightly uh, different and a little bit more, would you say, personalistic approach to our. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's going to focus on um, faith and science and and be talking about the the human sciences, right? I mean, inevitably, we're going to be talking about psychology, as well as maybe some economics and sociology along the way. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. And of course, you know, what what is religion really? So what what is religion not? Religion is not what say Richard Dawkins seems to think that it is, which is a, you know, an outmoded sort of collection of old wives tales that explain how the universe works. Um religion is about how to be, you know, what you owe reality as a human person. What your response mm-hmm. to it, what would make sense? And what you can expect from it, right? And that's and that's internal. I mean, that's certainly what. Well, and of course, that's an interesting point in itself. Is you know maybe in some sense, religion, you know, paganism, the various forms of paganism, maybe answer to that description to some degree. But the uh-huh. whole thing is that Christianity doesn't teach that. Judaism doesn't really teach that. Um, you know, and of course, Buddhism and Hinduism, you know, the developed forms of Hinduism, the various Chinese religions, you know, the developed forms of um, Taoism and Confucianism and so forth. You know, none of them teach that. That's a complete straw dog. That's that's an awful, awful argument. And it's an awful thing to yeah. think about religion since it's simply false. That's the only reason why it's awful is that it's false. That's a good reason for it to be awful. <laughs> right. And it's it's one of those it's one of those things that as I you know the more I think about it the more I think it's it's almost 
I think contemporary culture is in many ways like an adolescent rebelling against its parents and refusing to believe that its parents have anything useful to say. The parents yeah. of Western culture, you know, the ancestors of Western culture, I mean, that is routed completely through Christianity. And so many of the critiques that modernism thinks it's making of Christianity are actually critiques that Christianity made of the pagan world. Right. But, and, and, right. you know, and, and really, what's really going on is an accusation of hypocrisy rather than, you know, an accusation that there's actually something wrong with Christianity, certainly in terms of its ideals. Right. I mean, modernists pick and choose which ideals they adhere to, but they're not, they haven't discarded them. They haven't gotten away from them. They imagine that yeah, they have, great. but, but okay. the West has nothing else to work with. Right. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, all the all the warmed over Buddhism that's been sort of hauled over into into uh, Western culture, you know, the foundation of stuff like New Age spirituality and so forth. Which there's, you know, a lot of the actual content of that is valuable. I think. Um, I know that that's not necessarily a popular idea, but I think that there are legitimate human needs that in our culture are being answered that way because we're not doing it through. Christian spirituality, but we could, and we would be better off doing it through Christian spirituality, would be my argument. Right, right, because there are really no better uh, ways to address it. Uh, one of the speakers at uh, the uh, at this past fall's um, uh, Center for Ethics and Culture conference at Notre Dame, always a stellar uh, lineup of uh, speakers and thought-provoking uh, uh, talks, one of the speakers said that uh, where we have found ourselves in our um, uh, kind of dropping away from uh, religion is uh, an unsustainable mixture of limitless moralism yeah. with limitless relativism. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my goodness, how can you be, uh, how can you do both? Uh, uh, there, there has to be some basis for the moralism. And yeah. uh, and if we're if we're left with just our own individual truths uh, to uh, to seek the moral answers and to assuage a guilt or at least to meet our responsibilities as uh, human agents of some kind of good and some kind of progress, we'd better have some kind of um, compass, some kind of uh, uh, north star, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was. You you mentioned that the other day when we were um, have, when we had that two and a half hour long conversation that didn't end up in a podcast <laughs> episode. Um, Which will be a bonus. I think that will be a bonus episode, or maybe several later on. Right? Uh, like that. That. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was a fascinating talk, and yeah, you you sent me that, I and I it. definitely intend to watch and watch and listen to that. Um, maybe maybe this very night. I was going to I was going to sit down and watch. Uh, it's a wonderful life, but I I may let that preempt. That's that's an hour and twenty minutes. I may let that preempt. Um, it's a wonderful life again. It's the, another benefit it. of being Catholic is it's going to be the Christmas season for another whole week. So exactly. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, and, and there'll always be there'll always be other showings of It's a Wonderful Life that we're confident. I about. have I have the VHS right there on the rack, right there oh, on good the rack. For you. So it is on wow. demand. 
on demand in the full night of the term. It is on demand. It is right there. As long as the VHS, like as long as the tape and the VHS player continue to function, which is not <laughs> for granted, um, there it is right there. But, uh, yeah. So yeah. we're, we're relying that, uh, you, on uh, some old technology, but that'll work. <laughs> right? So, so so we allowed ourselves to lighten that up for a second. But to get back to the, the concept you were talking about, was that that was John Waters, you said, was the, the, the fellow giving that talk? Oh, actually, it was, um, uh, oh, what was his was name? He preceded, uh, uh, he preceded uh, Walker. Oh, Wilfred McClay. Uh, what's okay. his name? Okay. And, well, by uh, all means, yeah, uh, by all means, dear listener, go and look that uh, talk up on YouTube. That would be probably yes. you have Bill's seal of approval, but that would be very much worth your time. Uh, very much so. The video is uh, called "Belief in the Modern World," and it combines both McClay's talk and Waters' talk. It's one of like 19 archived videos from the Center for Ethics and Culture uh, YouTube uh, channel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you, what you were talking about earlier about uh, limitless moralism and limitless relativism, I mean, another side of it that, struck, that has struck me as you've discussed it both the other day and just now, um, you know, we, we have a Christian, we have a post-Christian, you know, in, in the sense of inherited from Christianity sense of how the world ought to be better. Like take the, I mean, take the Me Too movement, for example. Right. Think about that as a microcosm or as a, as a test case of this, example case of this. Um, you know, <laughs> sexual harassment is completely contrary to, you know, anything in the actual 2,000 years of Christianity or and the however many centuries of Judaism before that. None of it approves of that. Certainly, yeah. certainly not Christianity. There's, there's no approval right. of that anywhere. That's awful. We know that's awful. That kind of, yeah. you know, that, and the, and the much, you know, denigrated, overly restrictive Christian sexual morality, you know what? <laughs> a side effect of that is sexual harassment and, you know, rape and, you know, everything in between and everything beyond right. those fringes. Um, it's, it's <laughs> you, you take that baby, you know, in this case, we're not taking the baby out with the bathwater. We're, you know, casting out the demon um, along with it. And that's, yeah. you know, so, so we are, and we are really, I mean, that's just a developed, you know, sharpened sense of this is something going on in society that we ought to do differently, that we're being hypocritical about. Um, and that, but we have, but on the other hand, we have no power to do, I mean, we don't. <laughs> we don't have the power to eliminate this from society on our own. Right. But we think right. we're on our own. And so we're just going to, but, you know, and, and instead of God, we have, gosh, and, you know, this is going to sound very right wing, but instead of God, we have the government. Yeah, right. People on that side of the political spectrum have reasons for what they say, too, you know. Uh, <laughs> it no, doesn't right. work. That's right. It's a, it's a human institution. It's going to fail. It's not right. going to always fail, and there are lots of valuable things to try to do with it, but it's limited. It's very limited. Very much so, yes. And it's, yeah. you know, unless you're, you're depending on, I mean, in our society, we're depending on the luck of the draw, getting a president of our political persuasion in office long enough to nominate Supreme Court justices long enough because those are our dictators. They don't have yeah. full control over our society, but they are the closest thing we have. Um, the president right. follow, you know, 
not well, but the Supreme Court justices are closer to dictators than the president is. I mean, they're a they're a board of nine for revising the Constitution. I mean, that's how it functions right now. We don't really have a yeah. written Constitution. We have whatever the Supreme Court lets us have. Um, right. That's, I mean, so I mean, it is a written constitution, but it's a long, complex one that the common man can't possibly understand and is therefore a fit, you know, instrument of, gosh, I'm sounding right-wing today, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fit instrument of domination because we don't understand it. It's mysterious and therefore frightening. Um, right, right. Yeah, we, we never know when we're stepping outside the line because we can't actually know what the law is because the law is too accursed and complicated. That's, yeah. that's, that's you know, not a way to run a railroad in my my specific in my particular opinion, but you know that's fine. Um, yeah, that's right. So, but we can't we can't use this instrument. We can't use this instrument of government to fix all of our problems to satisfy our inherent Western post-Christian hunger for I mean the kingdom of God ultimately, a right. place where none of this crap happens anymore. But we can't. We, yeah. we think we can force it. By, by God, if people would just get on the on the boat, you know, on the train with us, you know, and ride off to our, you know, our progressivist utopia. <laughs> it is a right. utopia in the literal sense of the word. Um, right. By God, but if you if you just get on the train with us and get out of the way and you know let us remake everything because you know we'll 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 perfect it all. No, not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, and and that's right. you know, and that's that would be. That that would be I I don't believe that many people I don't know I don't know how many people on the left actually believe that I know a lot of people with left wing sympathies are a lot more sophisticated than that. That's right. That's right. And that's the right. thing about it is I mean and that's the thing is that ultimately I sympathize with all kinds of things that they want for society. I mean there we we tend to focus on because of course you know conflict sells. We tend to focus on all the things we don't want, but gosh, there are an awful lot of things we really all want, don't we? Yeah, of us want. yeah there's a lot of common ground if we look for it. Do we Do we really want, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go off on the, uh, the politics rabbit hole that's <laughs> opening up in front of me. I'm going to turn away from the wormhole. <laughs> get back, get, try to get back to the outline here. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> we're already 15 minutes into this 20-minute episode, only it's not going to be a 20-minute episode, and that's just fine. Um, <laughs> we have the freedom um, of the internet to go uh, at any. Well, moment. yeah, podcasts are beautiful, but <laughs> they don't have to fit into that kind of slot. Um, right. You try to you try to respect you know you try to engender and then respect some expectations for how long it's going to be. So we try to keep this you know in the vicinity of half an hour. But uh, yeah, you know, depending on, depending on the subject, it can be more or less. And certainly there are times when I'm listening to some of the other, my, my, the, the stable of other podcasts that I listen to, you know, there are times I'm like, that was nice. That was short. That was sweet. I'm not exactly disappointed that it was only 25 minutes. That was, that was just fun. Right. right. Exactly. So, exactly. So, so, okay. But to get back to the outline. So we, we're, we're going to keep, right. we're certainly going to keep contact with um, the physical science, you know, physics, geology, religion, the history of the universe, whether there's space in the physical universe, to believe in God, and of course, even then, that already crosses over the boundary into considering human things. Um, it's like Stephen Barr talked about that the uh, the, con the next Society of Catholic Scientists conference is going to talk about uh, how to be put it, what it means to be human. I think that's great. So, so yeah, so we're gonna you know we're gonna follow that. Uh, actually, I mean it's a, it's a natural progression, and we're probably gonna follow it too. Um, I specifically, I have this delightful. Here, let me get this. Let me let me create this nice reference book thump for you. 
There you go. Very good. That's The Road to Reality by Roger Penrose. I bought this book off of, I don't know, Alibris, uh, abooks.com, something like that, uh, probably last February when I went on sort of a book buying binge to uh, mm-hmm. to uh, get reading material for generating the podcast. I haven't read nearly as much of it as I want to. There's also a whole uh, half a shelf of uh, neuroscience books that I'm uh, looking forward to digging into here, too. There's just so much to read, so much to read, so much interesting stuff to read in the world. Um, but anyway, I'm going to be working through the road to reality here over the coming year, maybe the whole year, maybe longer than that. Um, I hope not, but, uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that because I just miss, I miss physics. I miss mathematics. Mathematics was my love even before geology was. Okay. Uh huh. Um, I just, I mean, I was that weird little kid, you know, I, I remember sitting in my room sometime in grade school and, you know, I'm, I'm just there, my ruler and my protractor. And I'm sort of discovering for myself, I mean, as an experimental math, math, mathematician, I guess, that day at least, um, just uh-huh. sitting under my protractor and, like, discovering for myself that, you know, triangle angles add up to 180 degrees, that, you know, quadrilateral angles add up to 360 degrees. And then, and you know, and then I did a pentagon, and what's that, 540? And, you know, eventually sort of worked out for myself that, oh, yeah, it looks like the pattern is that it's, you know, what, how would you put it mathematically? 3n minus 2 times 180 degrees. Like, you know, I mean, that, that was just the sort of thing that I did for fun. That was the sort of thing I did what? when I was a kid. So uh, I've, I've heard a lot of uh, advice, actually, from some of these new age people even recently. But I should go back to some of the things I loved when I was a child, uh, uh, attempt to uh, rekindle some of those enthusiasms. So I'm going to see if Roger Penrose helps me uh, rekindle some of that enthusiasm, because I'm very... You you don't have to get very far into the book before you look at mathematical symbols. I'm like, I've had some pretty high-level mathematics, and I do not recognize. <laughs> I don't recognize this. Um, so so I'm, I'm fascinated to see where that takes me. And I very have good. to think that there will be some of that that uh, bleeds over into the podcast itself. So Yes, I know it should be. So... But we're going to try to expand as well into places where, like we're talking about, religion and faith actually converge. And, of course, that's going to mean psychology. So as we mentioned, that's where the Society of Catholic Scientists is, is uh, trying to go to the conference in this coming year, what it is, mm-hmm. what it means now, what it has meant in the past. I think there's going to be a lot of anthropology. Uh, I believe right. Stephen Barr was promising that, uh, gosh, wasn't there, was, it, was this one and the same person? a famous Jewish anthropologist or was it a famous Jewish figure, a rabbi of some kind, and then also a really famous anthropologist? Uh-huh. So, talking about things, you know, like the origin of man, I mean, so this goes back to, of course, this goes back to the Genesis account as well, you know, so of course I as a geologist think of the Genesis account and I think of, I think of certain issues right off the bat, but there's also bound up in it this whole question of, you know, what's consciousness? And when did we yeah. get it? Because, you know, you look at the world, and I sort of scratch my head, and I'm like, well, I don't think E. coli is conscious. Right. Just, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and express that <laughs> suspicion. Right here, right I, here. On I the agree. Anybody can look it up. <laughs> That's my suspicion. E. coli is probably not conscious. Right. Um, I think I'm conscious, along with Descartes. I think I'm conscious. I think you're conscious. Um, and then, of course, there's all that gray area, like, is my dog conscious? Does it have at least some elements of that? 
What would that mean? Is a dolphin conscious? I don't know. Is an octopus conscious? I mean, octopuses are supposed to be pretty smart. Is that mm -hmm. part of what's in there? Is that is is that? Are we going to suspect that on that basis, or is it just a really sophisticated stimulus and response? And of course, you know, the modern world has a lot to think about about that question because you start getting stuff like, well, maybe my iPhone is conscious. Maybe my. I mean, I was just reading that in that article you sent me. Um, right. Maybe my iPhone yeah. has feelings. I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, but once you learn un unleash that search for consciousness and the uh, yeah. complete uh, dairy yeah. freedom to define consciousness however you want without yeah. any guideposts, you can yeah. go down yeah, that rabbit hole. Well, and that's right? the thing. I mean, I look at it as a scientist. I'm like, we probably don't know what it is. And the thing about it is, is that we, it's it's easy to get this sort of myth about science. And, you know, this is something that if you went back through all our conversations or even just up to now, you know, you'd, you'd probably, you could infer this, but so much of, so much of science goes on, you know, we just have a little bit of data and we have a bunch of theories. I mean, geology is replete with this, um, especially if you do deep earth stuff like my, what I cut my teeth on, um, huh. or planetary geology. We're, we're swimming in this vast sea of unknowing, and we just yeah. get these tiny pinpricks of data. <laughs> right. right. And, but, but the human thing is to, you know, is to fill in all the gaps and sketch out this thing that might conceivably... I mean, it's like, it's like if we had a picture that had three pixels in it. I know there's a red pixel over here and a brown pixel down here, and then a purple pixel up over yonder. Let me right. sketch out the entire planet. I know, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, <right. laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, 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 that's consciousness. Yeah, I think I mean, we're too many people are trying to do it like that, uh, you know, kind of uh, piloting by the, by the uh, skin of their teeth, as it were, uh, yeah. without any, uh, any uh, uh, firm basis of uh, accumulated wisdom, such as the church uh, would provide. Well, not only that, I mean, there's, there's that, and that's very valuable. And, you know, and, and getting back to what we were talking about earlier, we, you know, we were so agnostic. You know, we, we try to pretend that the Middle Ages didn't happen. I mean, there was, oh, gosh, the drop, you know. I do, there's a couple of podcasts, two or three podcasts that I subscribe to that I think of as kind of, you know, getting intelligence about what people in the progressivist movement actually think about things. So yeah, most yeah. of all, the podcast called Radio Lab, phenomenally you know, extremely popular podcast. I was first clued into it because someone in this group that I belong to was really, really troubled by, gosh, I don't remember exactly what the topic was of that first episode that he, you know, he was talking about. And I haven't seen the guy in a while. I keep meaning to, I keep meaning to text him and see how he's doing. Um, Cause yeah. I'm kind of worried about him a little bit. Um, but, but it was, you know, it's 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 a good way to to hear about okay this is what people who think a little bit about the issues think about things mm -hmm. but right. it's not real sophisticated <laughs> they're trying to tangle yeah. things they think are really really deep and they're sort of deep <laughs> but they're also right. i mean but but because they've forgotten i mean they just don't know their their knowledge of of western intellectual history i mean you know they're they're ignorant of the Middle Ages. They're ignorant of the ancient world. They're ignorant. They're really ignorant. Um, yeah. And they just imagine that these things have not been. So they had this. Oh, they, they had a. Huh. And of course they dropped it Christmas week. 
but they had this episode about this clockwork automaton monk. So there was a, a basically an effigy of what Diego de Alcala or something like that, like a 15th century Spanish saint. And because of the you know miraculous or at the very least dramatic cure of the um, Infante, the uh, the crown prince of Spain, in, in the mid 16th century, like I guess it was Philip IV, had this amazingly expensive and amazingly intricate clockwork effigy that would you know walk you know would it would walk around in a square and it would wave a crucifix around and it would kiss it and then it would sort of wave a rosary around. I forget the exact details. Um, so wow, sort of, wow. I mean, fascinating. <laughs> You know, a weird, a weird, interesting story, and of course, this thing is at, like at the Smithsonian and still works. Like supposedly in 2015 or whenever they were making this episode, you know, the curator actually showed it to them. And then at the end, they drop in this hilariously awful little comment, like, "Well, and because you know, as we all know, you know, Catholics at that time, you know, were were all about just external, you know, you just." You just pray this many rosaries and have this many masses said. I mean, they didn't actually, they didn't even get that sophisticated. I'm actually mm. making them sound better than they did. Um, wow. You know, it's just all about artificial things. So, so basically this clockwork monk was basically just like the perfect Christian to them, was the perfect okay. Catholic to them that just, you know, would, would do this prescribed, you just wind him up and he does this prescribed number of, you know, religious rituals. And that was just what, what Catholicism was. I had to bang, I'm about to bang my head into the dashboard listening to yeah. this. I mean, it's yeah. just absurd. I mean, and it goes back to that whole idea of that I have, you know, that my interpretation is that, you know, the modern world is really this rebellious adolescent that doesn't want to admit that its parents ever had anything valuable to say at all. And yeah. is just you know, is going to voluntarily forget about, you know, any of it. Um, and just and just wallow in the sea of ignorance and imagine imagine themselves to be you know superior to anyone who's come before and therefore all that crap is just not worth knowing about. It's just yeah, it's really yeah. it's really sad. Uh, I, I didn't mean to get and, all uh, that. It's <laughs> right. <laughs> Chesterton, you know, uh, talks about the uh, democracy of the dead. Uh, yeah, and how, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, right, the antidote. Uh, uh, Yes, the influence uh, we uh, in making our current day decisions, we have to uh, have as participants, as uh, colleagues in uh, this pursuit of understanding, the insights uh, of uh, past generations and the the insights that they felt so strongly that they acted upon and have helped to shape today's world and to not understand how today's world was was shaped and why today's world was shaped through what reasoning, uh, boy, we're really leaving ourselves in a very handicapped position. Yeah. 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 That's, it's, we're, we're, we're doing the great human thing of making things more difficult on ourselves than it really needs to be. Among other yeah. Things. We seem to be good at that. Yeah. <laughs> we're really, really good at I believe Augustine called that original sin. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, so we want, but we want to, you know, again, to get back to the outline, um, and talk about, you know, consciousness was our point of departure for this sort of long, um, and there is a lot of wisdom, you know, in, in both the ancient and medieval traditions about, you know, what questions have we already considered about what consciousness is? Um, and of course, you know, so you're, you know, you don't have to agree with Aristotle or Thomas Aquinas about who's conscious and why, but 
but you need to know right. what they said. There's no yeah. point in not knowing what they said. There's zero point right. in not knowing what they said. And it's a, I mean, it's a valuable exercise to go through and say, well, you know, Aristotle sort of just speculated about this. And, you know, the humans are the only ones with the rational soul. I guess we don't actually know that. Um, right. And that's, and that's, as far as I know, that's an Aristotelian doctrine. I don't know of a single line in Scripture that, you know, says anything on the subject anymore. The one line that comes to mind is in the book of Job, and it's, you know, it's translated in the form of a question in the versions that I've ever read. You know, yeah. who knows if the souls of man go upward and the souls of beast go downward. Right. I believe that's a right. line from Job. I mean, as far as I know, that's the only, you know, there's, there's some comments about, Gosh, I think the letter of the Hebrews comments on the, you know, the dumb beast that God made to speak to rebuke the prophet Balaam's, you know, insolence or ridiculousness. Um, but that, I mean, that's the whole point is that animals don't speak. It's a little bit different mm -hmm. than saying they aren't conscious. It doesn't really comment on that either way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I couldn't tell you, you know, are, are animals saved in some sense? I don't think scripture says a word on, I mean, if, if animals on earth are saved, it's pretty explicitly through Jesus of Nazareth. It's pretty clear about that. All creation is right. you know, longing for its redemption. If, if in some sense animals are going to continue, you know, they have an awareness that's going to continue into eternity. I mean, and again, I just don't see where it even says. Um, didn't you, you know, that's, I think a, a ton of people are probably screaming at the, you know, perhaps at, at me right now saying, well, but, but that's, you know, but that's settled doctrine. Be, I mean, and essentially because, you know, the philosophers have said so, and maybe there is, you know, and, and there's, there, there probably is some, I don't know. I have no idea. I actually have no idea if there is, if there is anything that would register as um, sort of, you know, magisterial teaching. That's the word I'm groping for, magisterial. Uh -huh. about, right. About the subject. Very, there very well may be, or maybe there isn't. Um, I mean, it is, it is the way it is in any case. And it's kind of hubris for us to be trying to uh, decipher levels of consciousness among different kinds of uh, creatures when we don't really even understand how consciousness exists in the human species. Right, right. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there's all these, and that's the thing is to, is to be aware of, you know, to look at the old, you know, to look at the old with, with a critical eye, um, not a dismissive eye. That's different. That's very different. Yeah. Um, to look at it and say, you know, to look at it, to probe under the hood, to see how much logic was actually there and, you know, where it's lacking to sort of say, well, <laughs> this is a human being at least as intelligent as I am. Um, and I'm just being, I'm being given the opportunity to learn from this mistake rather than, yeah. <laughs> rather than the dismissive attitude. Again, that, that's just very, very different, a very different way yeah. of looking at the past. Yeah. Yeah. So, and of, and course, of course, part, part of the psychology of today is that we don't even allow ourselves to make mistakes or at least to admit that they're mistakes because, uh, if we make mistakes, we need forgiveness and uh, so many people have excluded the one who's there to forgive us. Source yeah. of forgiveness, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, but there's so. there's a lot of fascinating stuff to be done today, though. You know, so you take all the thoughts, you know, all the stuff that people have written down about consciousness, about free will, um, and 
And and the fascinating thing we can do today is is rather than throwing all those away, is that we can try to test them. We can try to probe them and say, well, now we have this equipment that will tell us, you know, at least what regions of the brain, not, you know, down to the individual neuron, but we can at least say what regions of the brain are involved when this thing that, you know, everyone from the pre-Socratics on down have noted that human beings do, or, you know, or the, the Vedas or what have you in, um, you know, Eastern traditions. Um, everyone, everyone knows, you know, that this happens in some sense, and there's, you know, differences between the traditions about this. Well, what does, you know, what does the actual activity that we can monitor in the brain, you know, say indirectly, because it can only be indirect, about it? You know, we, we don't necessarily wade into the details enough. We don't have an appreciation of the fact that we're going to have to wade into the details of how things work. I mean, that's right. In in geology, you learn a lot. Like so much of so much of geology has gone along a trajectory somewhat like this. So you know, you're Agricola in the uh, what was Agricola? Was he in the 15th or 16th century? So Agricola has visited five, ten mines, and he's been inside them, and he, he's looked at them, he's taken some notes, and from those five, ten mines. He's sort of, you know, he's he's intuited a pattern. This is the sort of thing that happens. Well, if you visit 2010 mines after that, you are guaranteed to find out that your pattern was limited and didn't describe <laughs> all of That's the right. that there was. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to go back to the drawing board um, and not throw your old idea away, but you're gonna have to see where it fell short and where it wasn't. Uh, that wasn't sufficiently general and didn't actually cover all the bases. And then once you've done that, your graduate student can go, your three graduate students can go and visit a hundred tin mine. You're going to learn some more. You can find out that right. your second idea was, was maybe, I mean, it may have gone, you may have been led in the wrong direction. You may have just uh -huh. been visiting tin mines in Germany. And if you go to Indonesia, you're like, Oh, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> We missed this. We missed yeah. all. Um, and that's and that's the same thing with um, with neuroscience. I think there's so many individual details. You know, it's it's easy to imagine. I mean, so one of the one of the books that I have is called um, that, that's in my queue to read is I think it's actually I've I've shuffled it around to put this first, mostly just because I bought it longest ago and I feel like it's it's aged on my bookshelf long enough it deserves to be read. Um, Antonio Damasio's Descartes' Error. Um, but, uh, you know, and the, the, the blurb on the back says, in the centuries since Descartes proclaimed, I think, therefore I am, science has often overlooked emotions as a source of a person's true being. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, to, to go and look at, you know, neuroscience can help you tease out patterns and show you that there is something going on when you think that's actually distributed in space and there's there's multiplicity to it that you're not just by your conscious consideration of your own consciousness seeing and that's yeah. got to be that's got to be relevant it's going on and if and, and if and if you have an accident like that famous accident where the guy had a railroad spike jammed into his brain and you know just lost the ability to do certain human things um, yeah, we need that hardware, apparently. 
We, we desperately need that hardware, and if we turn pieces of it off, we can turn pieces of our personality off or on or change them. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that seems to be clear, and that, that tells yeah. us something. We can take that that's back right. to our conscious consideration of our own consciousness and learn something from it. Exactly, yeah. And the same thing with free will. I mean, free will is part of it. Um, you know, it's all balled up. We don't really know what... We have we have ideas. We have lots of ideas, lots of meditations about the relationship between those two, and neuroscience can probably help falsify some of those. That's the thing. Um, philosophy is not. I just yeah. There's this blurry boundary. There's really a blurry boundary between science and philosophy and theology. It's blurrier than people want to believe it is. It's not so sharp and nice and neat that you can safely work on your side of the fence and never expect to have to deal with anything coming coming over the fence to uh, to come visit you. Um, yeah. that's, just, that's just not how the world actually is. No, that's right. And all of this is really a good uh, reminder of the trajectory of our podcast uh, during the first uh, uh, during the first 50 episodes. That uh, that responsibility that we have uh, with the task of uh, continuing to learn, continuing to think, continuing to remember, while still. Uh, uh, moving forward, uh, it's a great responsibility, a great burden in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, something that uh, we we uh, owe to uh, reality and to ourselves and to uh, to uh, perform that balancing act. Yeah. Of yeah. learning and learning and uh, and remembering. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, with that in mind, with that idea of the uh, of the segue from. The, uh, the first um, 50 uh, episodes or so and this and this movement where we're seeing the same kinds of challenges and the same kinds of trends in uh, psychology and uh, neuroscience um, have we uh, uh, teased uh, our audience so to speak uh, uh, well enough to be uh, you know uh, uh, to make this episode a bit of a, a tantalizing introduction to where we go from here I mean, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I. We have, of course, inevitably haven't exactly followed the uh, the list of the outline, which I will probably actually still use that outline as our our liner notes to sort of untangle it and give you a different oh, perspective yes. on it. But uh, and, yeah, uh, I, yes, I, I, do I think we've actually touched on everything the, uh, there liner notes. Yeah. in that listing at some point. Well, most everything. Um, we haven't necessarily. Ah, but that's the glory of having a next podcast we can do. Right? <laughs> there is that. There is that. <laughs> so yeah, maybe this is a good point. This is a good point to sign off and uh maybe maybe we'll continue the discussion a little bit longer next time. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh yeah, this obviously uh, we've just touched the surface, but it's an interesting uh uh ongoing journey that we invite our uh listeners uh onto and uh, and I do recommend to the, our listeners uh, the uh, the liner notes that that you've uh really uh, enhanced uh, uh, beautifully, and uh, there's a lot to be learned there, too. Uh, and so between our conversations and the liner notes and the references to these books and YouTube videos and everything, I think there's a lot to be learned in 2019. Yes. Well, there's a lot to be learned every year, and we have a whole new year to handle this on it. You're right. That's right. There's nothing particularly new about that uh, task, and it'll continue into 2020 and beyond. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, uh, if you agree, uh, I'll, I'll say that this is Bill Schmidt uh, 
signing off from this episode. And uh, thanks, Paul. And uh, stand by, audience, for uh, for our follow-on episode yep. where we uh, transition even further. Yep. Thanks for being along for the ride. Until yeah, next time. Yeah, thank you, Paul. All right.